May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When my grandfather was dying, he was in his 80s. He'd lived a long and full life, a faithful life. And we were not living in the same town as he was, as he was passing. And so my mother got us on the phone with him for one last conversation. My sister and I were quite young at the time. We got on the phone and exchanged a few pleasantries. I think I was on the phone in the bedroom and my sister was on the phone in the kitchen. You remember those days with two extensions. and. We got on the phone and we explained, exchanged our pleasantries and then my grandfather said, and I could hear the smile in his voice, don't worry about me, girls. I'm going to meet my maker. He was ready to go meet his maker. I didn't exactly know what that meant, so I asked my mother and she said, he's ready to die because he's going to meet God in that moment, in the afterlife. He's going to live forever with God in this new way and he believes this deeply. He spent his whole life giving himself into his faith to be ready to meet his maker. Now, with all due respect to my grandfather, I think today's gospel reading tells us that we can meet our maker here and now, not just some far-off time when we pass away, but in the present moment. This reading is incarnational. It is about the incarnation, and in being about the incarnation, it is also about the Eucharist, for the two are integrally intertwined. Let's just back up for a second. We are in five Sundays of reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and every single one of those Sundays deals with bread. Bread. Started off with Jesus feeding the thousands with loaves of bread, We've moved into Jesus speaking of himself as the bread of life, or today, the living bread. And next week, we conclude similarly. John's really trying to get his point across here. There's a physicality in speaking about bread. These are physical verses, physical deeds, speaking about bread, and sometimes very graphic as well. For Jesus also speaks about himself as the flesh and the blood. But the first line he says, he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven, pointing us right at the incarnation. If we take out the word bread for a moment, we have I am the living one who came down from heaven. I am the living one who came down from heaven. I come from God. I'm standing before you. I am son of God, God incarnate. And he uses this word, then he goes on and he uses the language of flesh and blood to get this point across the physicality of his presence. It's like us, when we haven't seen someone in person, we've just been on Zoom with them for the last year and a half, and we see them and we say, oh, here you are in flesh and blood. That's Jesus in flesh and blood in front of us, God incarnate, physically there with us. This is an incarnational text. And Jesus, if we add the word bread back in, is getting at something even more deep. He is saying, I feed you, I sustain you. I am the living bread. Bread was elemental. Bread really, truly fed people. It fed the Israelites in the wilderness. It fed the thousands and the first miracle in this series of stories. And it feeds us. It's a key part of many, many diets and cuisines around the world. Bread feeds. 
Someone comes, you've had a new baby, you're ill, someone comes over with what? Lasagna, salad, and bread. Bread feeds. I am the living bread, the one who feeds you physically and also spiritually. We know bread feeds spiritually. Think of all those people that learned how to bake bread during the pandemic lockdown. Why? It feeds us spiritually as well. There's something elemental about making bread, baking bread, bringing the elements together, the yeast, the sourdough starter, the water, the flour, all of it feeds us spiritually. And so Jesus is using this idea of feeding us spiritually and physically by saying, I am the living bread. And yet Jesus offers us so much more than any sourdough boule or French baguette could ever. Feeds us spiritually in a way that we almost don't even know he's doing. By being incarnate here, understanding our lives, being present in the lives we lead. When we have these big questions, Jesus is the only way we'll ever approach and answer. Maybe it's the only way we even trust ourselves enough to ask the questions. Why am I here? What does it all mean? How does COVID fit into this? How do I parent? How do I live? How am I in relationship with this person? Those big questions are the ones that Jesus sustains us because they are hard questions, and he sustains us so that we can ask them and we can live into those questions. It is truly the living, he is truly the living bread, the bread that lives. And when we accept Jesus this way, we live. So this idea of living bread isn't just a description of Jesus, it's a description of ourselves when we respond to the incarnation fully, then we can live fully. Because Jesus offers us what no job can, what no relationship, no money, no success, all of that pales in comparison to the deep, intimate relationship that we have with the divine when we accept Jesus in flesh and blood as God incarnate here on earth. And the incarnation just wasn't a moment that ended. The incarnation continues. Jesus rose in human form, ascended to heaven in human form, taking our humanity with him, the imprint of our being with him into the next life. The incarnation lives on, and it lives on into the Eucharist. This is also a Eucharistic text. It is about the Holy Communion. Jesus says, he uses the language of flesh and blood and equates it with the bread and the wine. So, in the Gospel of John, we do not have a Last Supper text. That's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There is, before Jesus goes to be killed, it is the story of the foot washing. It is not the Last Supper. What we have in John, instead of a Last Supper text, is all the, are all these texts. These are the Eucharistic texts. These are the texts that point to the table, point to the Eucharistic prayers that we pray. And in the, Go- the Gospel of John was written in 90, 100 CE, after many years, 60 years after Jesus died. He was preaching to a community of people that knew the Eucharist, that celebrated Holy Communion, that moment when we commune with God, celebrated that frequently, regularly, all the time. And so this text is building from the incarnation into the Eucharist, into our Holy Communion. 
Jesus says, those who drink my flesh, drink my blood and eat my flesh will live forever. That's what we say. When Father Sammy and I bless the bread and the wine, we say, sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people, the body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the holy food of new and unending life in him. We believe in the real presence of Jesus at the table. The bread, something happens with the bread and the wine when we consume it or when we receive a blessing in this context, in the Eucharistic context. It's, in the Episcopal Church, this is our dominant theology, that of real presence. You can go on the Episcopal Church's national website and look in their glossary under real presence and you will see it laid out. It is not transubstantiation. It is not that the bread and the wine become the body and blood. They are not simply symbols of Jesus' body and blood. And the Holy Communion is not a memorial of the Last Supper. Something indeed happens to us when we take in the body and the bread and the wine. We experience the real presence of God. We meet our maker again the same way we meet our maker when we live into the incarnation ourselves. We meet our maker every Sunday, every single weekday that we celebrate the Eucharist here. We meet our maker at the table, not just in some future life, but here and now. Real presence means re when we take in Jesus, something happens. Because we're the Episcopal Church, we don't tell you exactly the mechanics, we don't tell you exactly how all of that works. We leave that up to you and your relationship with God. The key word in the text is abide. If you eat this bread and drink my, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you abide in me, I abide in you and you abide in me. Abide means to live, to live in Jesus, lives in us, and we as a community live in him when we acknowledge his presence as the incarnate one who comes again in the real presence of the bread and the wine, every Eucharist that we celebrate. We don't just come to worship to receive, however. My grandfather knew this and he gave his life to Jesus, to the table, to the work that Jesus calls us to do, to be his people. It's, right, it's classic Anglican theology right out of Richard Hooker, to give when we come of ourselves to worship, to celebrate, to laud and honor, and to live into the incarnation. So when you come to receive bread, bread and wine, or a blessing today, and all days, remember the real presence of Jesus Christ is with you and in you and you in him in those moments. And those are the moments in which we live fully and live forever, when we give of ourselves as much as we receive. So come to the table. Let Jesus abide in you as you abide in him and celebrate the real presence of the incarnation through our Eucharist now and always. Amen.